The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Jackie Ferranciulli for Wahoo's 24-7 and welcome with another episode of the Good Old Podcast. And I'm really excited about this next episode. It is something that I've been working on for a little while And as I said in that first episode, what I want to do is make sure you are connected to the UVA program. And by doing that, I want to introduce you to the people that make it work. But know these people on a personal level because they are not just coaches. They're not just players. They're husbands. They're fathers. They're brothers. So today we have our first episode of of For the Love of the Game series. And of course, you know her on Twitter as Savannah2j. Garrett 2J's daughter. Savannah, thank you so much for joining us in the first of our Love for the Game series. Yeah, I'm super happy to be here. I'm so excited. <laughs> and I know a lot of fans know you. You're you're very vocal on, on Twitter. You, sh- you share your love of the program. Um, yeah. What is something that has, you know, drawn you to the program over the years since, you know, you guys arrived, what, in 2015? Yeah. I would think the thing that's drawn me most to just showing my like absolute most support that I possibly can is I just see the work being put in since they got there in 2015, 2016 and being their first season. I've just seen the growth and I've seen people do better, become better, put their blood, sweat and tears in it. And so it just means that much more to me since I've seen it happen. I've actually seen the results. And even if the results aren't always there, I've seen the work that's being put in and the disappointment that's a result of that. And I think, I don't know, I just feel like the UVA fan base is so engaging. So it's easy to have them at my back and helping me and coming up with ideas and things like that. So that's what makes it cool. I was actually going to say, you not only fans, you try to make the UVA fan experience more personal on the, especially, you know, having Twitter spaces between with you and your yeah. father, kind of showing the relationship that you guys have, which is a pretty tight relationship. I, I first met you on the sidelines with you and your sister and your dad um, when they, when you guys went up to watch Zach Rice for a high school game. So you're a tight knit family and, and you kind of grew up around football. Yeah, definitely. Been been around football since literally I was born. Um, the first time we did our spaces, we had that picture of me and my dad. We were kind of using it to market it. But that's when I was like two years old. That was when my dad was a football coach at Redlands um, where he was a GA. So definitely been around football my entire life. Obviously, my brother plays football, too. It's definitely my passion and my family's passion. And Sometimes if, you know, it was one of those things where if you want to hang out with my dad or your dad, then you, you've got to like football. So worked out that we ended up all loving it too. Is that how like family dinners are? You're, you're breaking, down, breaking down film. We're just talking about um, any teams or take, take, take me into that family dinner. Oh man. Okay. So that's hilarious. Yeah, um, definitely. So we do like a big, Uh, We have family dinner pretty much every night in the sense of like we eat the same thing and we kind of chat about our day whenever we can. 
Um, but we definitely make an effort on Sunday. So on Sunday night, obviously that's the day after game days usually too. So we usually talk in grade film. Summer helps my dad with that, but we talk about it at dinner. And then most of our family conversations revolve around talking about ACC football or talking about the Pac-12 game or big plays or watching NFL games while we're eating dinner. And we play this game where we like quiz each other of where they went to college and I don't know. Everything is football. It's kind of funny. One time I was dating this kid who's like not into football at all. And he came over for family dinner and he was just like, wow, I I can't say anything at your family dinners because I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like, who is Lamar Jackson? And so, I, <laughs> yeah, it's all we do for sure. I'm guessing he didn't last long. No, no, <laughs> he did not. Oh, yeah, no. Um, so... You know, how does that personality, uh, your dad's personality in that dinner table, you know, every time I see your dad, you know, the recruits say he's got the woo factor. He's got a very loud personality. Um, does he show his frustration? I know he could probably, I mean, did he show his frustrations about stuff that happens on Saturday? Or is it kind of, he kind of leans on you guys a little bit on those kind of special dinners? Frustrations about Saturday. Well, um, with Coach Mendenhall, film was due like Monday at 6 a.m. or whatever. So usually my dad would just um, after the game stay up, stay at work and great film that night uh, before he even comes home. So he tries to leave it there. But um, I mean, yeah, express frustrations and things like that. It's, it's hard. We all take it really hard. So we we try to keep it to ourselves and just kind of internalize, but you can definitely feel like the disappointment that we all feel at the table. And it's horrible. I hate that feeling, but yeah, it's definitely there. We try to move on to the next week. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you explain, you, you kind of explain your Sunday dinners. It's, you know, my dad was a European soccer scout. So he okay. did that for a few years and he did. And it was something that he used to do on Sunday lunches for us was he would talk about, any players that he's uh, looking at for teams in the Premier League or La Liga. And he would just sit there and break up these films in the minute details. But then when he watched games with him, it, it was like you're watching these games and I guess under a microscope, you can never watch a game to just have fun. I believe when you have someone like that, is that something that you've realized with your dad that everything, every time you watch it, you're like, man, I know exactly what play is going to run. and You're going to do it wrong. Absolutely. Literally everything we do is for football. Like my dad and I were talking about it on our spaces the other week. Someone was asking him how he knew about people in the transfer portal. And I literally, I think people think I don't do anything besides Twitter because I'm on there all the time looking at stuff, commenting on stuff, giving my take. But realistically, I'm just like looking for kids in the transfer portal the second they hit it, like notifications on who's in the transfer portal. And then every time we go to a game, because I'm a big fan of college football outside of UVA as well. I obviously live and die for UVA, but I love just going to college football games. And I'm excited to get to do that in Florida because there's a lot of teams down here. But I'll go to a game. I'll go to a Florida game. And the whole time, nothing about it's fun. Everything about it is stressful. Thinking about the plays they're running, making sure the offense linemen aren't letting the quarterback get sacked, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, not fun. Definitely very like logical, planned out, thinking about everything extremely seriously. We're intense. The 2J family's intense. <laughs> I, I've only been on the beat since last summer, and I could I could tell that from the get-go that y'all are really intense about the game, but you see success from it, you know, just from, you know, 
your dad hitting the recruiting trail from, you know, the soon as that clock hit that he could have a contact period, he hit the recruit trail hard. I was able to sign all those offensive linemen before national signing day when they needed to. And that was the intensity that he brings on the trail. But when you have that intensity, there is a certain drawback to it, which is time with family. And that's something that all college football coaches have to go through. And I don't think a lot of people realize the demand that college football coaches now in this modern football have to go through. Transfer portal, recruiting your own team again, and recruiting high school guys. And don't forget, looking through film, breaking down film with your current athletes, and then game planning. Um, Savannah, could you kind of touch on just the stress that, you know, your dad, your, your family, any college coach's family kind of go through? Yeah. Um, we were kind of talking about this a little bit briefly before, and I know I've talked about it in the past with people that have just asked personally. So it's nice to be able to say it on a little bit of like a larger scale in the sense of like, yeah, it's extremely stressful. My dad is always, always, always working. Uh, in the best way, like he has a super good support system in my family, my mom and my siblings, we live and die college football. So it's fine for us. But like, you know, your dad doesn't get to go to your college graduation. Your dad doesn't get to go to your college football games. Your dad doesn't get to go to things like that. Um, my dad's extremely good at making time when he has time. And sometimes that time is a 15 minute phone call on his drive home from work between talking to recruits and the next one not answering it, telling them to call them back in 15 minutes, whatever that may be. Um, I think it's just a, a really big commitment in the sense of like, if you decide to be a college football coach, you are going to have to grind for a while. And then once you get to the point where you've made it, it's still a grind, like you were saying, to keep the players that you already have, to recruit the new ones, to watch film, to have meetings, you know, to to convince kids that the, that university is right for them and whatever the case may be. But I mean, yeah, it's definitely not a nine to five, like 11 PM at night, my dad and I go for a walk usually doing our 75 hard stuff. And we just talk about football and recruits and the film that he was watching. And then he wakes about 5 AM to do it all again the next day. So I definitely think it's a big commitment that most people probably don't see that part of it. The only time they really get off is the month of July. And even then, um, my dad's still working during that time for the most part, um, talking to recruits and their families or, you know, they have ACC meetings during that time. So if there's information that he needs to find out or he has to repass the NCAA compliance test, things like that. So I just think it's a lot more, it entails a lot more than people, fans, everyday people see than what that what what and i'm guessing and i'm guessing the last uh, year or so with the transfer portal things just escalated to a point where there is no off day like you're saying like july was a time where coaches used to go on vacations for a week or two and could turn off or at least have you know the rotating coaches of who was you know on, on campus to kind of getting those questions and answers but it seems with the transfer portal now there is no break. Um, are, when you think of all the changes in college football, do you feel like one of the things that need to be focused on is just the mental health of college coaches across the board about possibly getting a change to the calendar of, you know, adding transfer windows or something like that? Because you live with it. You've seen how your dad had to navigate through this. Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think a couple things. I think, uh, if you're a college football coach, then you better hope that your whole family, the people around you are 
really all in on that and want to be a part of it with you. Cause I think that's probably something that really helps my dad. There's been times in our life where he's like, Oh, should I do a different job? So I'm at this, that, or the other. And we're just like, dad, what would you do? Like, we would never want you to do anything else. Um, as far as mental health, uh, this is a stat, um, the most common group of people to commit suicide is middle-aged white men. I know not all college football coaches are middle-aged white men, but I know that I know a good portion of them are. Um, so I think mental health is super, super important. And I think there's different ways to go about giving them that mental health ability. I also think people need to make it like a priority in their daily life in that sense, but I think it's hard. And you know, luckily Coach Mendenhall, and I'm sure Coach Elliott too, I'm just not super familiar with him yet, um, gave every all the coaches an hour at lunch every day to work out or do whatever they wanted. But my dad would work out because that's something that really helps his mental health. And I think, I think with the transfer portal, there needs to be changes made in the sense of how everything is done, because you're right. Other, if there's not, it's just never ending work. It's just never ending work. And, you know, at some point you need at least like a weekend to kind of just bring it, draw, go back to the drawing board and reset. So I think definitely it's, it's a, it's a good thing to think about. And I think something that the NCAA should definitely have on their radar at some point, if it's not already. If people don't know, you have a sister and a brother as well. Do you feel like it's y'all's job to tell your dad, hold up, take a breath. I know you've have you, I know you have priorities at work, but take mom on a date for this, for the, for like once here, or, you know, let's, let's just go on a mini weekend break. Yeah, that's so funny. So I do have a sister and a brother. I am the oldest though. So I definitely feel like that's mostly my job. Um, My brother is a little disassociated from things like that. And my sister is super helpful too, because she lives with my parents right now. Um, So she talks to my mom and sees my mom. And so if my mom starts saying something, she can more easily say something to my dad since she's there. Um, But yeah, for example, my parents' anniversary is January 4th, just like every college football coach, they only get married in the summer or right after football season. Um, And so for this last year, they happened to have the day off just between the transition of Coach Mendenhall and Coach Elliott. And so we're like, Dad, you got to plan a weekend little getaway thing for mom for your guys' anniversary. And so I took her on an anniversary little trip and things like that. And it's just even things like, hey, Dad, don't forget to buy mom a Valentine's Day gift or don't forget to get her Christmas presents. And not because my dad's not super thoughtful. He really is. And he, he just has so much going on in his world of football that, you know, it's nice to be to have those reminders. And it's easy for us to remember to remind him. So it's just a, it's just the way our family dynamic is. But um, yeah, we definitely remind him of things like that for sure. <laughs> yeah, it seems, uh, you know, funny story. We were actually at a pre- post-game press conference with uh, Tony Bennett the Saturday before Valentine's Day. Um, and uh, he was going to, he said he needed to go pretty quickly after the press conference. And someone joked with him, oh, are you doing Valentine's Day after here? And he looked at us and was like, is that today? And they're like, no, you have a few, you have until Monday. He's like, Okay, that's good. So everything kind of blows by you really quickly with everything going on. And for your dad, especially in January, what, a week or two before, he didn't know if he was going to be coaching at UVA. Um, How stressful was that for you guys as a family? Because your situation at UVA was so different than many other college coaches you guys all came together from BYU you and your sister babysat the 
the Beck children. Um, You guys were all so close. How anxious were all of you and how stressed were you and not in certainty after a Bronco Mendenhall stepped down? Yeah. um, So we were going to move. I think my dad said that. And um, I happened to be in the city, the area that we were going to move to a couple weeks later after my dad had already you know, told us that he was staying at UVA. And I was just like, oh my gosh, thank heaven we didn't have to move here because I don't really like this place. And that's in hindsight, hindsight's 2020. But before that, I'm I'm like the kid who is just like super up for anything. If, if it wasn't obvious, like I just moved across the country um, by myself, don't know anyone in Florida just for fun. So I'm always up for the next adventure. Um, but when your dad doesn't have a job, that makes it a little bit different. So I know that like um, my family is a family of faith. So we definitely pray about things like that, fast about things like that. A lot of uncertainty, um, just a little moment to brag about my dad. My dad is a phenomenal coach and a phenomenal recruiter. So we weren't really worried about him getting a job um, in the sense of like, don't get it twisted. It's still hard to find a job if you're a phenomenal coach, um, as we well learned over this last period of time. Um, but obviously the dynamic, even now it's different. And we love the new staff at UVA and we're so happy that we get to be a part of it and be with them. But obviously all those people mean so much to us. So it's, it's hard to see us all go our separate ways. But before my dad got rehired by UVA, I would definitely say we we tried not to talk about it in the sense of like, we're superstitious. Don't, don't talk about it until it comes to fruition type people, but we were stressed praying and fasting and just knowing that God has a plan for us and whatever that is, is what it's meant to be. And luckily and thankfully, and we're so happy that that happened to be us staying at the university of Virginia. Cause like I said, and my dad said too, in our spaces the other night, like Virginia is our home. Uh, we've lived there for <laughs> me. We were laughing after my dad got rehired. I was like, dad, did you ever think that we were going to be like Virginians? Like we lived in Virginia for like seven years now. And um, he's like, no, I didn't. And, and for people who don't know, we're from LA. So Virginia is like the total opposite. All of our families still live in California, but um, it's home. We love it there. So we're just super happy that we get to stay, even though it was a stressful time, not knowing whether or not we'd be able to. So Savannah, can you give me a hint of what place <laughs> <laughs> what conference? I don't know. Maybe just a little hint of where possibly he would. Have oh, uh, I don't. I don't know if I can do that. I can say. Um, let's see. Let's just say it wasn't a job that was going to bring us back to the West Coast. It was definitely something on the East Coast. Okay. Well, at least that narrows down a lot. That narrows down the Midwest, the West. Yes. Okay, so. Yes. So we'll just keep checking those and then um, maybe you'll drop another hint. Maybe. Some point, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But that must have been a, like, you, he found out at Christmas. So that must have been a great Christmas present for y'all to have that off your, off your chest and knowing the future, what was going to happen. Yeah. It was so funny because I posted a story or something or on Twitter that my family was in New York and there's a couple UVA chats that I'm a part of. And everyone was like, oh, so sad. The two days are, have to be in New York for their dad's new job. And I couldn't say anything yet because I don't think it was announced until a couple of days after. And I was trying to give people hints. I was trying to be like, oh, guys, like, don't worry. We're not here for a job. Everyone's like, oh, he's going to Syracuse with, with Jason and Coach and I. And I was like, you guys, Syracuse is so far from New York City. Like, we just wanted some good pizza. Like, we're really big on, like, 
Dave Portnoy pizza reviews. Like we just wanted some good pizza. And I'm like, guys, don't worry. Like my dad has a job. We're not in New York for the job. And everyone's like, oh, we're just so happy your dad has a job. And and I was like, it's not at a school you guys hate. Don't worry. In fact, you love this university. And I'm like, how is no one getting it? Everyone's like, what is it? What is it? And I'm like, you guys, <laughs> without saying anything, I don't know how else to make it be more clear. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good Christmas present. Like I said, before we found out I'm the child who's like, oh, yeah, and on to the next adventure. Let's move. And so I was like, oh, OK, like not the next adventure in the sense of moving, but the next adventure in sense of Tony Elliott era. And um, I was like a little like, oh, OK, like a little sad in the sense, like I said, I'm, I'm always up for the next adventure. And then I told you I went to this said place we were going to move. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is the best thing that ever happened to us. I'm greatest Christmas present of all time. Um, we actually got some cool Christmas presents this year. Uh, my brother got to go to a Detroit Lions game. He's a huge Detroit Lions fan. That was one of his Christmas presents, the Green Bay game. So big game. So it was a year of very big Christmas presents. So it was a fun one. But UVA being the best, obviously. Your brother liking Detroit Lions is completely out of left field. You guys <laughs> are from California and he likes the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, when your dad's a college football coach, you don't really have a loyalty to a team. You have a loyalty to players. So like everyone's like, oh, who's your NFL team? And I'm like, you guys, I don't really know. Like go Rams because I'm from LA and the Super Bowl and that like made sense. But of course we know people that play for, for the Bengals. So it's like, how do you choose? Um, but my brother, when he was like eight years old, decided he was going to be a Lions fan, not really realizing that that was going to be a life of of sadness and uh he just stuck with it but um obviously now there's a couple players on the lions and uh at that time there's a couple players on the lions that my dad had coached and so he's just stuck with it ever since so yeah super random but kind of how i think every college football coach's kid that i know doesn't really have a team because we we root for players for sure the baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Yeah, actually, I noticed that I started covering recruiting 2013, and that's been the same thing with me. You cover these kids for four or five years yeah. uh, until they choose their college. And some of them choose a the college you cover, some of them don't. And I still, you know, like, someone asked me, do you still root for University of Miami, because that's where I came, well, that's where I went to school. And I said, yeah. honestly, no. You know, I've seen guys choose Florida State, Michigan, yeah. Michigan State. Um, and after knowing them for four or five years, knowing their parents, knowing their brothers, knowing their sisters, you, you just, like, you want to see them succeed uh, wherever they go. Um, so I, I totally get that. But tell your brother I'm a Miami Dolphins fan, so I understand the struggle that, oh, yes. he, that, he, that he lives by every day. Um so, but so yeah, so 
he has someone who understands. And I think yeah. a lot of people in at UVA also understands because they're most likely Washington fans. So yes. Yes, true. <laughs> so you talked a little bit about moving to the next chapter, moving to the next adventure, and that is with Tony Elliott and the new staff uh, that your dad will be coaching with. What is the most exciting thing that you've seen so far? Yeah, uh, I would have to say the so I was living at home for like a little while between moving to Florida just because it made sense and my apartment wasn't ready and things like that. Um, and so I was able to go to the junior day that they had. Um, and I've also I like recruiting with my dad and stuff. So sometimes go to the breakfast or whatever the case may be. And honestly, everything about it just fires me up um, there. They had this when you have junior day, they had this like brunch lunch thing in the president suite at the stadium. And when you walk in before you go up to the president suite, they had this like balloon, this balloon sign, which I posted a picture on my Twitter. I'm pretty sure. So, and I think everyone probably knows what it is. It says like, who's next or class of 2023 who's next or something like that. And it had all these balloons and I'm just like, I love to see it. And I love to see stuff like that because as I'm sure you know, covering covering sports and kids who are making these decisions, like things like that totally matter. And a great thing that one of the um, new staff that came from Clemson with Tony Elliott said, and I was just like, hey, like, what's the biggest difference that you notice from here to there? And like, how can we make that here? Because obviously, like, whether you agree with what Clemson's doing or not, they're winning championships. So they're doing something right. And um, she just told me, she's like, everyone at Clemson believes that they're a champion. And I am like, I love that, right? Because believing is half the battle in the sense of like, you know, if you believe in manifesting and things like that, um, it really, it really makes a difference. And she's like, everyone there just knows they're a champion. And she's like, I cannot wait to have people at the University of Virginia have that mentality. And at the bottom line, like as much as I'm excited about this, that and the other, them being in every school in Virginia, trying to recruit the state harder, just like the actual games that they're going to play and that the atmosphere that they're going to bring and all that I'm excited for, but making everyone have the mindset that I am a champion, that's that there's no price tag on that. So I think that's what I'm most excited about. Yeah. A lot of recruiting is about one thing is visual. It, you have to promote the school in a way either on social media or just on your visits. It's you constantly have to be on in those weekend visits. I always joke that, you know, the school that rolls out the red carpet will be the school that is remembered after you take the second or third or fourth or fifth visit. Honestly, sometimes you just want to be closing on that first visit. You know, mm -hmm. if like Cam Butler, you know, he, he committed after that visit um, and signed his grenade. So one thing that I've also noticed is just that it seems like this whole staff kind of recruits together now. It's not just, you know, your dad going after a recruit and putting his everything in it. It seems like he's got, you know, he's, he, he has reinforcements now. It's like he lays the groundwork and coach Elliott comes in or coach Kitchings come in. How much does, does that add value to it from what you've seen and just how can it change the dynamic? Maybe that helps your dad too, because he kind of takes a little bit off his plate when he's not just firing everything out himself. Yeah, I think, I think that my dad, my dad and I have talked about it briefly, and this is probably a question I'll ask him for more detail on when he's here visiting me this weekend. Um, but I love that in the sense that 
So my dad will talk to a recruit at like 8, 8 p.m., let's say, and then he'll be right on the phone after that with um, the new Justin uh, and just be like, this is how it went, this, that, and the other, just how it would ever go. And it's it's like follow-up items. So like, hey, this is how it went. It went great. We need Tony, Coach Elliott, excuse me, to call him. We need Coach Kitchens to call him, that kind of thing. And then knowing that it's getting done and knowing that it's happening exactly when, I think that helps my dad out a lot. And I think, too, it goes back to, and I think that Coach Mendenhall is a phenomenal coach and he adds a lot of value and brings a lot to the table, but it goes back to that championship mindset. Coach Elliott has won championships. And so if that coach is calling me saying that he wants me to play for his program when he's already been to where we're trying to get to go, I think that adds just so much value. I think, again, that's kind of irreplaceable in the sense of like, how can you say no to that? Like, I want to be a part of the championship team. And so I think that adds a lot of value to recruiting. And I think my dad feels that support, especially in the whole state of Virginia and also having just people who are more familiar with certain areas in Virginia, recruiting those areas. And that helps as well. And kind of, like you said, that team effort, my dad gave um, an experience, an example to me a couple weeks back where uh, he had four pe- four offense linemen on a visit, and he usually likes to keep it at three or else he feels like he's getting pulled in too many directions because, I mean, having three offense linemen on a visit is is quite a few. So adding a fourth, he just says too many. And they're like, well, this is the only week we can do it or whatever. We'll make it work. So they had the four, and my dad was obviously a little worried about it because he didn't know that he said he had said that that's not ideal for him. And he just felt supported. Like every single time he was leaving one to go to the next, the one that he was coming to was talking to one of the other coaches and their families and this, that, and the other. But that recruiting was still happening, even if my dad wasn't the one doing it, even though it was his position group. And I think my dad was just shocked at the like genuine desire to be there and support and help with recruiting. And I think that's big. One of the things that, you know, we talked early in the show is how you're active on social media. By being active on social media, you also see the drawbacks of social media. Social media has a lot of great things. You know, we've seen that with Twitter spaces where you got to connect with fans and also just, you know, talk about name, image, and likeness, how UVA can change the perception of what Mm -hmm. the school is doing, name, image, likeness. But you also get the other part where it's people giving their opinions, quite strong opinions. Um, how do you manage that? Because obviously you love your father. Yeah. You love, and, and you also love these players. These players are your brothers. You, yeah. you, you kind of grow up with them over the years. You, you know, Jackson Mateo is still with Barry Forrest. You know him. Yeah. How, how do you kind of manage to keep yourself in check? Because you, you, I, I've, I remember looking at you on Twitter and sometimes you can tell when you want to say something, but you keep yourself in check about truly venting your frustrations. <laughs> What do you, what, how do you handle that? And two, what do you really want to say or just kind of tell these fans, listen, I I get your frustration, but hear me out. Yeah. Okay. I'll try to keep it. I try to give it to an answer that my mom would be proud of. So um, first and foremost, I do a couple things. Sometimes I respond. I try to be super nice and try to not be like snarky even though I definitely want to be, that's just my personality. It's not out of like a hateful place. It's just my personality. Um, I try to respond to some of them. Um, Others just don't deserve my attention because quite frankly, the bottom line is this. People have all these opinions about, you know, a good example is why would we throw the ball to an offense lineman 
during the Virginia Tech game, right? So people have a lot of opinions about that. But all these people that have a lot of opinions about it aren't Division One Power Five college football coaches. And to be quite honest, they're not that they're not in that position for a reason, right? And I hate to sound like it's rude. I mean, I work in solar, so I'm not saying like this person, that person, they they don't know about solar either. So why would they give me advice about solar? It's the same thing with college football. Um, you don't know, you might think, you know, but there, there's a reason that that's not your career. There's a reason that that's not your job because in those type of situations that these people have been in multiple times, more than once, they, they know how to handle the situation. And I'm not sitting here saying that it's the right way to handle it every single time or that we don't make, they don't make mistakes or that we all don't make mistakes. Um, but when people say things like that, quite honestly, what I usually do, what I usually do is I take a screenshot and I send it to my dad with the response that I want to say. And I'm like, this is what I want to say. And just just to get it out there, right? Like, I would never say it on Twitter because, honestly, I just don't want my Twitter to get banned. Because all these people are like, ban you happy. And they'll just, like, ban you for saying who knows what, right? So I'll just type it out and I'll be like, dad, look at this clown. And <laughs> it's just what I have to do in order to, like, let it go. I mean, I get a lot of DMs from certain ACC program fans that are like, oh, you should kill yourself or you're so ugly. And I'm just like, dude, okay, like whatever. Like, I, I don't care. And I just think it's so interesting because none of these people would ever say this kind of stuff to your face. And so I think you got to separate that, right? Like you just got to separate like <sighs> keyboard warriors from like the fact that like, hey, if you really got a problem, like let's meet up at the next game and you tell me it's my face and you know, they would never would. So I try to separate those two. And I try to truly answer like if people have genuine questions, like someone did genuinely ask the question about the past during that game in one of our spaces. And that I can appreciate. I can appreciate people who are genuinely wanting to understand. I can't appreciate people who are trolling and have no idea what it's even in regards to. Um, so I just try to separate it. I'm not super great at it. That's why I text screenshot, send it to my dad with the response I want to say, the smart ass response I want to say, and then just don't say anything and and ignore it and have people check my pin tweet. That's what I say. Check my pin tweet because it's usually those people. <laughs> No, yeah, or they never have a picture, and yep. they always have zero to like maybe four followers. Yeah, always, always the same, people. always the same. Yeah. Um, by the way, I really want to see that text thread between you and your dad with the screenshots. Oh, that can never. <laughs> no, that can never. No, no. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's uh, it being a reporter, we get our fair shares. I was in news before in sports. So, uh, we do get our fair share, but I, I could say players and college coaches on Saturday coming from sec country too. Um, I, you know, sometimes, you know, I covered the Gators and, uh, Megan Mullen, I interviewed her for a little, uh, for a story about changing the culture of Florida and just seeing all the vitriol that she received while she was at Florida. It's just uh, crazy how people don't realize that this is a human being behind um, this person is she's not just Dan Mullen's wife. She is Megan. Um, yeah. You're not just coach 2J's daughter. You know, you're, you're Savannah. You're not just a coach's daughter. Um, people just don't understand that. No. They, and it's even worse for players. Like, I mean, I've seen some of the players DMs and just like, you know, when I 
at one point I dated one of my dad's players a while back and I would see the DMs that he would get after games. And I was like, geez, dude, how do you handle this? Or like, I'll see what people tweet at the players now. And those, those are the tweets that I truly consider saying something back to, because like, how can you bash someone who's like sweating, bleeding and crying and dying for the university that you love with all your heart and like sit here and pretend like, you know anything about the sacrifice that they're making and they're it's like do you think that the players and the coaches go out to the game like oh yes can't wait to lose or like can't wait to screw this up like of course they don't so I just I'm just like where do you even think you're coming from like you have no right so um you know something that I always find interesting is hearing stories from family members about you know they're the coach and their family and what they have to go through uh, on the recruiting trail. There's some, you know, I've heard stories about cars breaking down in the middle of a country road. I've heard, you know, them getting locked out of their hotel room. I've heard like they're like lost. And this is before they had GPS and had MapQuest. Um, what are some things that you've kind of remember from your dad's travels and that he's kind of talked to you about, or maybe you've been on some of these trips with them? That's so funny. So a couple, first off, my dad is like, I think, I don't know this, don't quote me on this. And I know he loves coaching for quite a few reasons, but I think one of his favorite parts is the recruiting trail. And so he is an elite top tier traveler. Like he has everything down to the T, like doesn't forget anything, knows exactly what he is, where he is, what he's doing, his room number, all this stuff. And he keeps track of it because he always texts us where he's leaving from, where he's going to. He'll be like wheels up from Atlanta to Nashville. So then we know and he knows that he's supposed to be in Nashville because, yes, he now knows he's in Nashville since they travel so much. They sometimes can't keep even straight what state they're in or supposed to be in. And then he always texts us his room number so he knows his room number so he doesn't forget it. Um, I would say he doesn't have super crazy stories in that regard, but I will say his his biggest thing is, you know, it's recruiting season when you start getting random calls at like, you know, random times. Right. And it's like, it'll be like two in the morning on the East coast. And I used to live on the West coast. So I'd be like, Oh, what's up. And I could just tell that now, now that I drive for work, it was him getting tired. So if you start getting calls at random times, it's usually cause he's tired and just needs someone to keep talking to him so that he can keep driving. Um, another funny thing that he does on the recruiting trips that I've gone on with him his the man doesn't eat. Like he doesn't eat. He doesn't have to go to the bathroom. He doesn't have to do any of this. And I'm just like, you see, it starts at 7am and you better not need to eat, go to the bathroom, need water, nothing until like 9pm. And I am just like, I cannot function like that. But that man does not stop for anything. Like he hit the gas station at 630 while I was still asleep. And he got what he needed. And that was like two Gatorades of water and some nuts. And you will not be eating until until 7 p.m. at the earliest. And he just goes hard all day long. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think his car's ever broken down or or he wouldn't bother us with that. Like that would be something that would really worry my mom. So he probably if that's happened, probably didn't tell us. Um Sometimes, you know, gets to an airport and has to drive like three hours. And like I said, that's when he'll usually like call us and because he's tired and trying not to fall asleep on the road for sure. I don't know if I could survive a road trip with your dad. Oh, I I don't think I could. You know, we we moved from Florida. So it was a 13 hour trip to 
to Virginia. And I, I'm kind of like your dad. I plan everything. So I took the, I think I exit app and I made sure to circle every single Starbucks on the way. Cause I thought, no coffee, food, usually yeah. there's a gas station near Starbucks and that exit and there's clean bathroom. So I've got all that set and you know, granted now we have kids, but even before having kids, I was like, I need to stop every two, three hours. There's, yeah. there's no way I can keep going. And your dad's like, just, just stick to the road. Like not even like a snack or just, no. just how did, how did you handle it? I didn't know the first time I went, I was like, I'm starving dad. Like what are we doing? And he's usually like everyone in my family is like food people. So I thought for sure I would be getting at least like lunch. And I was just like, by the time we sat down and ate, I was like, okay, wow, that was quite the day. And he's like, that's how I do it on the road all the time. And I was like, okay, well, maybe next time, like next time someone does this for the first time, you should mention that they don't get to eat until 7 p.m. so that they plan their day around knowing that. And so now it's just kind of like an inside joke. It's just funny. But yeah, he's not like that on road trips, like on a family road trip for a vacation. Absolutely not. He will take his sweet time we're in no rush. We'll go the scenic route. We'll stop anywhere that you want to stop. You need to go to the bathroom, even though we just stopped 10 minutes ago. Sure. Hey, I got to show you this really cool gas station. That's like way out of the way, whatever the case, totally fine. But if it's related to football, not fine. Go, 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 go all day long. So it was, it was definitely eye opening the first time, but now that I know that that's the case and have, have warned as many people as I possibly can. Um, it's no longer an issue. And he's a good driver usually if he's, you know, not having to like multitask. So don't have to worry about that, but definitely eat before you go on the road with my dad and don't drink anything because you're not allowed to go to the bathroom either. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope uh, coach Elliot now knows this too. I, I, I'm guessing he does because they, they went on a few recruiting trips in, in, in January. So he learned the hard way. Yes, I am sure he did. Which is funny because like you said, when I think of offensive line coach, think of offensive linemen and i just saw your dad tweet uh the dinner spread with a couple yeah. of steaks and mac and cheese i think that so i'm always thinking oh he's gonna stop by he's gonna get some good food for lunch okay. um but i guess all he needs is two gatorades of water and nuts to go on a, on one day and then he piles yeah. it on at night <laughs> yep exactly on the road absolutely it's so we usually do like i said we usually do our 75 hard challenge also so I guess that's a really easy way to stick to your diet, not eating all day. So, I mean, you know, makes sense. But yeah, no, it's hilarious. Um, and finally, Savannah, there, you know, when you think about everything you've gone through as, you know, your, your dad moving from California to BYU to be an online coach for Coach Mendenhall and then following Mendenhall here to Virginia and then now staying in Virginia for Tony Elliott, what is something that, you've taken from, from being in this lifestyle? What is the biggest misconception that you would like to clear up when, you know, people come up to you and say like, Oh, you're, you're a coach's daughter. Your life must be so easy. What is, what is the biggest thing you want people to know? Um, I think there, I think there's two things. The first thing that like comes to mind, just like the best thing I've learned from my dad's job um, is that home is not a place it's people. Um, those people being my immediate family, my family, wherever they live in California and, and obviously the other coaches families that we've met along the way. And even the new coaches families that we continue to, to meet because no one quite understands our life 
like someone else who's doing it. And those are people who you can really resonate with. Um, I think the biggest misconception in the college football coaching world is that um, I always see this on Twitter. Everyone's like, oh, I'm so happy so-and-so got fired. Like they deserved it, whatever the case may be. Like they get paid X amount of dollars to do this and they couldn't do it. So they deserve it. Um, I think that's so crazy. And everyone was like super, super pumped when the Virginia Tech coach, Justin Fuente got fired this last year. And as much as like, that's our biggest rival. Like, I don't, I don't wish that on him. Like, I don't wish that on people um, because these are real people and they do get paid a lot of money to do a certain thing, but that, but just because it's not happening, doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean it's like their fault. There's a lot of pieces that are involved in it. And I think another part of that too, is it's like, yeah, they get paid a lot of money, but they work a lot. They work a ton. Like, like I kind of mentioned, my dad goes to bed at like midnight doing recruiting all this that and the other and then they wake up at 5 a.m and do it again and they do it every day it's it's not a job where you get to like call in sick and and be like oh I'm not going to make it into work today that's not really how it works and so I just think it's so interesting and, and none of our jobs are so on a microscope that way and then everyone's defense is like oh well we don't get paid as much and it's like you're right. We don't. But like, could you imagine if people on Twitter were like hoping for you to get fired? Like, that's just such a bizarre and insane concept to me. Like, we don't wish that on normal people around us. So it's interesting that we wish that on people who are not making the teams that we're rooting for win. I think, I think it's just, I think, I think people just kind of need to think before they act in that regard and in the sense of like, you know, think about these people and who they are. They also too have dedicated their entire life since pretty much most college football coaches, since they graduated college, um, have been dedicating their life. So my dad, who's in his fifties, that's, that's like 30 years to being a, the best football coach that he can possibly be. And, and every day they're still perfecting their craft, but there's a lot of pieces involved and, and, just remember that they're, they're people too. And they're providing for their families. They're providing for people that count on them to make money so that they can survive so that they can live. And I think, think genuinely people don't always see that. And just to kind of drive that point home, we, you know, if you follow recruiting, this is a dead period right now, but your dad's actually on the road, uh, still working. Um, and he was in Charlottesville before that, but he was still working. They were evaluating the roster with the new staff. So like you said, there's no off button to this job. There's always constantly working. And even though national signing day came and went, look at that 2023 class, you need to start focusing on them in 2024 as well when the transfer portal and here we go. So well, Savannah, thank you so much for just spending time with us so we can know a little bit more about, you know, obviously your dad, but just all the stresses that comes with that life. Um, I think that's not much talked about. And I think it's there and people somewhat have an understanding, but I don't think it's talked about enough. So I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. If you like what you're hearing, you like what information I'm bringing, but also the interviews that we have on the show, make sure you Subscribe to our podcast uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. We're available on both Spotify and Apple right now. And we also have clips of our interviews on our YouTube channel. So make sure you hit the bell so you're notified whenever a new episode is up um, and subscribe.
Uh, that way you can see our new videos as we post. The idea that we have for the YouTube channel will not only include podcasts, but moving forward, we might have new content that we'll be posting on YouTube. So thanks again for everyone, and I hope you guys have a good rest to your week. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.